in the 15th century of some plumed and bedizened embassy. It was barely two days since the last cavalcade of that nature, that of the Flemish ambassadors charged with concluding the marriage between the Dauphin and Marguerite de Flandre, had made its entry into Paris to the great annoyance of Monsieur le Cardinal de Bourbon, who, for the sake of pleasing the king, had been obliged to assume an amiable mien towards this whole rustic rabble of Flemish burgomasters, and to regale them at his Hôtel de Bourbon with a very pretty morality, allegorical satire and farce, while a driving rain drenched the magnificent tapestries at his door. What put the whole population of Paris in commotion, as Jean de Troyes expresses it on the 6th of January, was the double solemnity united from time immemorial of the Epiphany and the Feast of Fools. On that day there was to be a bonfire on the Place de Grève, a maypole at the Chapelle de Brac, and a mystery at the Palais de Justice. It had been cried to the sound of the trumpet the preceding evening at all the crossroads by the provost's men, clad in handsome, short, sleeveless coats of violet camelot, with large white crosses upon their breasts. So the crowd of citizens, male and female, having closed their houses and shops, thronged from every direction at early morn towards some one of the three spots designated. Each had made his choice, one the bonfire, another the maypole, another the mystery play. It must be stated in honour of the good sense of the loungers of Paris that the greater part of this crowd directed their steps towards the bonfire, which was quite in season, or towards the mystery play which was to be presented in the grand hall of the Palais de Justice, the courts of law, which was well roofed and walled, and that the curious left the poor, scantily flowered maypole to shiver all alone beneath the sky of January in the cemetery of the Chapelle de Brac. The populace thronged the avenues of the law courts in particular, because they knew that the Flemish ambassadors who had arrived two days previously intended to be present at the representation of the mystery and at the election of the Pope of the Fools, which was also to take place in the Grand Hall. It was no easy matter on that day to force one's way into that grand hall. Although it was then reputed to be the largest covered enclosure in the world, it is true that Sauval had not yet measured the grand hall of the Chateau de Montargis. The palace place, encumbered with people, offered to the curious gazers at the windows the aspect of a sea, into which five or six streets, like so many mouths of rivers, discharged every moment fresh floods of heads. The waves of this crowd, augmented incessantly, dashed against the angles of the houses which projected here and there like so many promontories into the irregular basin of the place. In the centre of the lofty Gothic façade of the palace, the grand staircase incessantly ascended and descended by a double current which, after parting on the intermediate landing-place, flowed in broad waves along its lateral slopes, the grand staircase, I say, trickled incessantly into the place like a cascade into a lake. The cries, the laughter, the trampling of those thousands of feet produced a great noise and a great clamour. 
From time to time this noise and clamour redoubled. The current which drove the crowd towards the grand staircase flowed backwards, became troubled, formed whirlpools. This was produced by the buffet of an archer, or the horse of one of the provost's sergeants which kicked to restore order, an admirable tradition which the provostship has bequeathed to the constabulary, the constabulary to the marichaussée, the marichaussée to our gendarmerie of Paris. Thousands of good, calm, bourgeois faces thronged the windows, the doors, the dormer windows, the roofs, gazing at the palace, gazing at the populace, and asking nothing more. For many Parisians content themselves with the spectacle of the spectators, and a wall behind which something is going on becomes at once for us a very curious thing indeed. If it could be granted to us, the men of 1830, to mingle in thought with the...